0: Well, friends, we have been talking this summer about a theme of connectability, uh, how we can be better connected to God and to each other and to ourselves in a season when we've also felt uh, disconnected. And We've been talking about uh, Jesus' great commandment to love God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, our neighbors, as we love ourselves. Uh, and so uh, we are now entering into a time where we're talking about Uh, loving others and today's theme is friendship and so I invited some friends to be part of today's sermon so we have some special guests Uh, they probably don't need any introduction but uh, for those of you who may not uh, remember everyone uh, just let me share with you uh, today with us is Dr. Bob Bouchon who served as our associate pastor from June of 1984 to June of 1991 uh, and then he returned more recently uh, as our interim lead pastor from January 2019 until June 2019, uh, when you got stuck with me. Uh, and As you know, uh, he is our district superintendent. Uh, also with us is Reverend Wayne Curry, who was our senior pastor uh, from June of 1993 uh, to June of 2001. We also have Dr. Gary Spencer, who was with us from June of 2003 to June of 2011 as our senior pastor. And last but not least, uh, Dr. Jim Harnish, who was our interim senior pastor from August to December of 2018. So welcome all of you, glad that you're with us. Um, I asked this group in particular, not just because they have been pastors of First Church, Uh, but because they have uh, experienced and shared a special friendship through the years, which is our theme today. Uh, They have been part of something called a covenant group, which I have a feeling they have all mentioned in sermons through the years, Uh, but you may not have known who the other members of the group were, so I wanted you to see them in action together. Uh, Jim, I thought I'd start with you. If you would tell us uh, what a covenant group is, and the story of how yours got started.
1: Well, thank you, uh, Vince, and thanks, Emily, for uh, connecting us to be with uh, you and with these guys and to share uh, them over a much longer period of time, mine the shortest, of uh, being one of the pastors of First Church, uh, really a privilege and a challenge and an opportunity that uh, I know we're all grateful for we uh we began bob what year was it <laughs> how many times are you going to ask me that uh, for yeah 1990 1982
2: 1982. 1982 1982 the beginning of advent
1: 1982 Uh now yes uh, and i uh, had been friends with bob and gary i've known gary since he was a Kid coming out of high school into college, and I've known Bob ever since he was a college student in the land. And uh, Tim Smiley was also down in South Florida. Uh, they um, they called and said, "Would you come lead us in a couple day retreat focused on prayer?" And I've been doing some homework in that area, so I got some books and notes together. and Thought I was going to be really smart and. Um, ended up uh, down at um, uh, Jonathan Dixon State Park. And instead of my leading, we simply connected with each other. and discovered that being together was a gift that we needed. And we left there saying, hey, this is pretty good. Uh, This is something almost sacramental this is like jesus saying at the last supper uh, you're no longer servants you're friends mm-hmm. and uh, we had such a good time we said well let's do it again and so we've been doing it again uh, twice a year all the years since and across the years we've uh, picked up other brothers in the process uh, wayne being one of them uh, that uh have continued to be that kind of source and strength. So that's how we got started. That's how we've continued. And it's a a bond of friendship that has been uh, delightfully joyful, very human, very real. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've been through a lot together across this many years. And I know that Every one of us, in our own way, have had our times when we brought strength into the group and received strength from and shared that strength with others. Just like we've equally had times when we came uh, as a weak or broken or uh, searching person and found the strength we need. So, how's that for a start?
3: Perfect. Thank you. That's great. That's great. If I did my math right, this group has been together 38 years. That's amazing. Um, So I wonder in the over 30 years that you all have been meeting together and um, supporting one another and being friends and doing ministry together, what has uh, your group taught you about spiritual friendship?
4: there's just such a depth of friendship here in the uh, the confidentiality that we hold for each other the uh, we brought up a lot of inner stuff here <laughs> and um, uh, you feel safe uh, you you uh, you feel held accountable to uh, to being a better person uh, when you I know that there have been some times when uh, I really didn't feel like coming, but uh, made the effort. And and when I did come, I always came away a better a better person just from having been in that experience. And you never know quite what that experience is going to be.
5: Mm. Yeah, Emily, I would say, um, in terms of spiritually, um, I. My experiences in the group and not everyone would probably say this, but I think most people would say this. We are probably still in ministry because we had this group. Um, There were times for most of us where that came into question and our spiritual lives kind of melded together and held each other up, whoever that was, at that journey. um, And it was undergirded. By by a spiritual kind of commitment and a call. The call has been a big part of why we're all together.
4: Yeah, it reminds us of our call every time we we got together. Because uh, I really don't think I'd be in ministry if it was not for this group. Yeah.
2: The word, word authenticity comes to mind for me that I, I feel like we, we go in there and if we're not being authentically ourselves, someone else in the group is going to challenge us on it and uh, peel away the veneer. Um, and I, I don't, I was just thinking, I, I, I don't know another group of, what is it, the 10 of us, um, I don't know another group of 10 men in front of whom i would let myself weep openly mm-hmm. because i was deeply hurting
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, i can do that there mm-hmm. uh, and a the flip side of that i mean we can laugh so hard our sides are aching <laughs> uh and encourage each other and, and then make fun of each other and it's just it's just
1: real stuff yeah i'd reinforce that uh the gift of the laughter. I, at this point in my life, I've pretty much decided that life is too short to be fr- to be friends with anybody who doesn't make me smile when they walk in the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can be companions to other people. I can be a caregiver to other people. I can be patient with most people, but um, I need friends uh, because I'm. I inherited a Germanic sense of seriousness. I need friends who make me smile, mm. uh, just remembering them. And when they walk through the door, and it, uh, that it lifts my spirits. Mm.
3: That's so great. Thank you all for sharing. I, I hear um, in your words, it just sounds so life-giving that um the friendships that you've cultivated over these years and the way that you've supported, each, supported supported each other in in ministry but also in life um that that has enriched the whole of your lives
4: the um i came into the group at a really uh terrible time in my life really i i have, had been serving in uh, in palm harbor and uh went through a divorce about my fifth year there. And um, it was that annual conference um, that I think it would, Bob came up to me and invited me to join this group. And uh, we went to dinner together and sat around. And uh, as I say, the rest is history. But uh, uh, through that time, as we just one of those times when I could not have made it through mm-hmm. without the, uh, uh, the support, being able to share uh, so so deeply and intimately with a group of men that I never did or could before.
0: Emily mentioned thirty-eight years. That's that's a remarkable uh, passing of time. I, you know, you you started, you were young pastors and uh, may not have had children yet. Some of you, and and now I think all of you have grandchildren, and some of you are retired. I, I'm just curious how friendships grew and changed as as you went through life together and as um you know as time passed.
5: Well I would say an interesting dynamic in our group is that several of us have followed each other
1: mm-hmm. uh,
5: yeah. in churches. Yeah. And and at some point that has caused some friction. <laughs> and uh, having to work through some things. Um, you know, I had to follow Wayne. There was a person there for two years, and you know, Wayne knows everyone's name in Orlando, not just the church. <laughs> and, you know, I had to deal with that, um, but that is a part of, of who we are as well as pastors in a conference, um, and sometimes having to work through some, some tough conversations with each other, uh, and that's I think in terms of having a covenant group or having a group, sometimes you got to deal with the, with the tough stuff, um, with each other. There's one of us that loves the word challenge. So I'll I'll let you all figure out who that is, but, um,
4: It's it's interesting how our conversation Mm
1: -hmm.
4: changes over the years. I mean, when we first met together, uh, I think most of us had had little children. Um, and, uh, we, of course we used to sit around and complain about, our district superintendents. And then over the time we became district superintendents, some of us, so the conversation changed there. Uh, but as we went through the different phases of our lives, everything from, as Bob was saying earlier, wearing uh, pink uh, leisure suits <laughs> to uh, uh, to the different, just the different changes in our life and being able to, to laugh and cry and, uh, through all of those phases of
1: life.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. On our retreats, we go to bed a lot earlier now. Yes. <laughs> <three years ago. laughs>
4: yes, we do. And yeah, now, now we talk about grandchildren and colonoscopies and <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: right. That's
5: <laughs> yeah, knees that don't work right, Bob, and legs. Right,
2: right. But we have, I mean there have been health issues. Uh, there have been knee replacements. There's been a heart attack. Uh, there've been a couple of minor strokes. Um, there's been other things that um, there's been cancer. Um, there've been serious things that um, you know. You as you grow older, obviously, um, those things happen, and so that becomes a part of our experience, including including sharing about those things and being intentional about praying for and with each other, including when we're together in person.
1: Mm. Yeah. yeah, and we, we've we now had, the first of us have had to bury their wife. Mm. And that I think for all of us uh, brought home the reality that if we're gonna keep hanging together the way we've intended to hang together, uh, we'll be... Th- going through that down the road with each other. So it's that kind of longevity through these experiences. And mm-hmm. uh, When Bob mentioned praying together, I would throw in, mean, particularly in the early years, we needed help getting started. So we would all study the book and then come prepared to discuss or reflect on the book, or uh, we'd have a, a particular one time we had a spiritual director uh, participate with us because we were several of us were at a point where we felt we we, we really needed help moving into a deeper place in prayer. So when um, we're at a point now that we hardly need that, we bring so much out of our experience, but we do talk about what are you reading. Mm. Uh, like Mr. Wesley's questions, how is it with your soul? Uh, where are you struggling in terms of your life, your prayer life, your spiritual life, uh, your ministry life? And uh, along the way, uh, before we had district superintendents in the group, uh, we made all the appointments in the conference. <laughs> and the only problem was the bishop never called to uh, to get our lists, but. Uh, yeah.
4: Yeah. yeah yeah because uh, when I was going through my my cancer uh, my prostate cancer and the support that I received uh, with uh, with this group uh, really down down to the, to the kind of things when you have that kind of cancer that uh, you have to deal with and being able to uh deal with it in a very you uh, in intimate way with uh very intimate friends uh, was very good uh, i'll never forget the time that i was going through uh radiation i think i was on about the 15th uh, uh 15th session of that and uh i don't remember but i i remember walking into the uh care center and uh there bob and dan were there they would come from their different places around the state to to come and pray with me and they uh they, have, they have, the folks actually invited them into the uh the, where I was getting receiving the radiation and uh they had prayer with me there and, and they left but it just came down for that short time and uh and still uh it's very uh moving and meaningful to me uh, that's just one small uh thing
0: yeah, yeah it doesn't sound small No
3: as you were talking i was thinking about in ecclesiastes talking about the different seasons you know um all sorts of seasons of joy and of grief times to dance and times uh to mourn um and and that you all have been there and done that for each other over the years um through all those different seasons so i wonder um you know, clearly you all are pastors and so a lot of your time together has been um kind of talking shop about churches and ministry and um and making appointments uh for uh your colleagues um and other churches around the state but i wonder um what have you learned about friendship um that you feel like is true for anyone so somebody watching and participating in this service today what could they learn about friendship from your 30 some odd years as friends.
5: Well, I, I would say one of the benefits of this group is that um, and I've done this hundreds of times, I can pick up the phone and call somebody at 10 o'clock or 12 o'clock at night or in the morning and say, you know, I'm really struggling here with whatever the issue is and uh, and feel safe that, you know, that's going to be confidential and they're going to help me work through it. Um, uh, and I think being a, a pastor, um, it's helpful to have some friends. I always thought it's great to have friends in the congregation, but it's also helpful to have some friends that are not in the congregation that that can empathize and can kind of boost you up when things are, you know, are hitting you hard for whatever reason. Um, so in terms of friendship, uh, that means they're available twenty four seven, and and that's happened for me in, in this group, for sure.
2: Yeah, this uh, for me, this work we do um, is so deeply meaningful for for the most part, and I mean there are times the. Kinds of situations we're invited into, the intimacy with people and relationships, and there, there are times when I, I feel like it's you know it's wrong to to take my paycheck for so much of what God calls me to do uh, in this in this work. Um, on the other hand, <laughs> there's some indescribably painful times um, in this work, um, and. And I think, and I see this now even more as a district superintendent, the sense of loneliness that exists for a whole lot of pastors who don't, who don't have this kind of thing. I mean, I, when I first came into the conference, I, I felt that I was an outsider. I didn't know people. I knew Jim and maybe one or two other people, and that was it. And I felt like I was the only one for whom that was true. I know now it's, it's not. Um, but i intentionally sought out something like this and you know gary and i connected early on and kind of evolved from there it's a good question i don't know if i'm answering it uh emily but it, it's 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 important to get this somewhere mm-hmm. not the same way but somehow somewhere yeah i
4: think early on i'm not sure it happens with pastors now but we feel like we have to have this image Uh, of being being the pastor having it all together and uh, if you don't get beyond that and people like a group like this who can who can say the hard things to you you know Um, they they helped me with understanding how i led out of my spiritual gift i kept uh, i kept doing these surveys that i would manipulate to try to show that i my top spiritual gift of leadership. It never came out that way. <laughs> but uh uh one of my main gifts was hospitality and they helped me understand that I I lead out of my hospitality and it was very eye opening for me and helpful. So
1: I think in terms of um thinking about the day I thought about it, uh, there's a uniqueness that we all share this calling. Uh we all are in ministry together, we're part of the Mr. Wesley's connection with all, So that means we bring all that into it. But I was thinking about how could this conversation be helpful to ordinary people, to real people in the views. And um, I, one thing I think that Gary pointed to that is the gift of developing friendships that are on-call friendships, that are the kind of friendship that I could pick up the phone and call. So I don't think anybody can structure that for you, uh, but I think if you look and pray and try, you, you can find brothers or sisters in Christ who can, over time, become that kind of, of friend. and. Um, So I think it takes that kind of desire and some discipline of being there for each other, Mm -hmm. of spending time together, of uh, sharing experiences together. And I think as followers of Christ, uh, the, the critical factor is finding that kind of friend who walks the same walk that we do, with Christ, and that I can share that with them. Um, so I think that's applicable to people that are not in ministry mm-hmm. uh, in, in ways that fit their life. And, you know, I was thinking about, and these guys know the church a whole lot better than I do, but my experience with First Church is that there are relationships there are friendships in that church of people who are uh, deeply bound together
5: mm-hmm.
1: and who are genuinely there for each other. And um, and yes, I think the risk is—I think we've named this—the risk is you can become uh, mm-hmm. sort of a closed club, sort of in a bubble by yourself. Uh, the work we do has always forced us to to break out of the bubble and to come back together but be out of the bubble. But um, but I think I think Jesus intends this for all of his disciples. Mm. And um, to and it I will say now trying at not as pastor to find our way into a new congregation, mm. it's hard.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, it's just really hard. Mm-hmm. And the congregation that we've been participating in, and now being online doesn't help this, but so many people have been friendly to us, genuinely friendly to us, but um, they don't have name tags. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, the, I, my wife is better at it if we meet somebody. At church, so real quick, write down their name <laughs> because the odds are that we'll see them next week, not having a. But and and we're finding the effort that it takes mm-hmm. to find folks that have a common sort of uh, something we share in common. Yeah, mm-hmm.
5: yeah I, I'd like to just jump in and say, as we think of the lay people that are listening to this. It takes um, some initiative and vulnerability and um, my being I'll be a preacher now my my preaching is it's worth the vulnerability to reach out to someone and it may take more than one person but it certainly is biblical <laughs> and the and I remember when I was at first church uh, with Britt he um, helped start. A, a group of men that met together, and I'm aware of some of those men because they met in a small group, still get together, and are are connected. And so I, I think, in terms of friendship, we need to be on our part a willingness to step out. Um, and for and for men, sometimes it's more difficult than women. I think I hope that's not sexist, but I, I've, I've certainly uh, seen that.
4: Yeah, I agree. I've, it just it takes time to find. Whether it's a covenant group or a friendship, to find that those people who who work together work well together. Uh, I think we, for for a while there, we tried to, I say, force covenant groups in the conference, and that doesn't work. <laughs> you know, it takes time to to buy one or two, and then and then go from there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, one last question. Um, several of you have mentioned your time at First Church and friendships you have at First Church. Uh, this has obviously been a, a difficult time for all churches, including First Church. Uh, we haven't uh, been physically together since early March, and um, a lot of our, you know, a lot of our folks are 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 distance. Uh, we're, we're trying to avoid the term socially distance because we're trying to connect people in other ways, but. I just wonder if any of you have any kind of words of encouragement for uh, your old congregation uh, as we're going through a, a challenging time.
4: I would just say, keep doing what you're doing. I I am so excited that uh, you are there, Vance, as as that as the, uh, lead pastor. Um, I, I know what you did. I, I regret that you went there because you took your wife with you, who was my, my uh, Wonderful youth director at Trinity here in Tallahassee, uh, but everything. Every time I look at what, what First Church is doing, uh, what you did with the Pulse uh, is just uh, incredible, and uh, just such a, a wonderful example to to the community, to to the conference, to the world for for what you're doing. Just uh, uh, keep doing that that wonderful social outreach work uh, that you do. It's, it's a wonderful congregation and and you got so much uh, hope ahead of you.
2: I would I would piggyback on that in terms of the church. I was thinking about this a little while ago anticipating this just this conversation being together that this church has been at its greatest when it reached outside of itself to meet the needs of the community, and not just when it did that in some routine way, but when it risked ridicule and rejection, both inside the church and out in the community, when people got mad, uh, when people left, um, that's when this church was at its best. Mm. And and I see signs of that percolating, I, again, like a re, an awareness of that and an eagerness that, Probably has been slowed down a bit by the experience of the pandemic, but it's still there. It's a part of, I'm convinced it's a part of the DNA of that congregation. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: Thanks. Yeah, I would say that my experience at First Church was that it is a very loyal group of people. They were loyal to themselves, to each other, and they're loyal to the Methodist Church and had an aspiration to, to be present downtown. Uh, and people, most, most of those folks did, don't live downtown, um, but they they came and they have a, a sense of history and purpose. And and that always impressed me that uh, they're individuals were are just so committed to each other and to the church. And I would say, keep that up. That's a great, great characteristic and trait. I think
1: the only thing I could add to that would be the reminder that there are people all around who really need friends. And um uh, to to while while building the strength of relationships inside the bond of the church, uh there are a lot of lonely people out there.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh the studies are all saying that one of the results of the isolation separation is increased loneliness. And there are people, there've got to be people around downtown, into the core of the city who are hungry for a friendship in Christ. And so along with building these relationships uh, Mm. together to always be looking for that Vance, your first sermon, or second sermon, I guess, the one that we were there. Uh, God wants the place filled up with friends, Mm. and there are lots of hurting people that hunger for uh, the kind of friendship that you can give.
5: Mm.
0: Thank you. Well, I want to thank all of you for uh, sharing this time. I know it's a blessing to everyone in the congregation that's uh, that's worshiping with us today. Uh, I want to thank each one of you for uh, your service to First Church. Uh, cumulatively, you represent 24 years of ministry at First Church. And uh, you've made a huge impact. And I know, speaking for Emily and myself, we're, we're grateful. Uh, for the legacy you've left us, uh, for us to build on, uh, and and I just want to say thank you to each one of you for the mentors uh, that you've been in my life at uh, different times. You you all have played a significant role in in my ministry, and I'm I'm thankful for that. Bob, I wonder if I could ask you to close us uh, with a prayer for for our friends at First Church. Yeah, and I.
2: I um... I hesitate to say this because the way you just asked the question, but Vance did warn me ahead of time that he <coughs> might do this. So, so I've had a chance to think about it, and do I do I write a prayer? Do I wing it to the leading of the Spirit in the moment? Um, and actually, this afternoon I decided what I wanted to do after spending some time in a in a little book by Walter Brueggemann. The book's called Prayers for a privileged people. Mm. Uh, I've The churches I've served uh, over the years have all been full of privileged people, including First Orlando. Um, I'm a privileged person. Mm. I got to know Walter a little bit by inviting him to preach at a previous church that I served and then by uh, also having him come to a, a leadership summit that I was a part of. And when he preached in the church I was serving, um, there were four people in the middle of his sermon who got up and left very angrily. And afterwards, he said to me, I didn't get you in trouble, did I? And I said, well, yeah, you did. And I knew that would happen when I invited you to come. Mm. Because you are serious about preaching the gospel. And when we're serious about it, it's gonna get us in trouble at times. And uh, I I recommend this book, Prayers for Privileged People, and there was one in particular, really late this afternoon, that I felt providentially reminded me of First Orlando. Let's pray together. We are your people, mostly privileged, competent, entitled, your people who make futures for ourselves, seize opportunities, get the job done, and move on. In our self confidence, we expect little beyond our productivity. We wait little for that which lies beyond us, and then settle with ourselves at the center. And you, you in the midst of our privilege, our competence, our entitlement, You utter large, deep oaths beyond our imagined futures. You say, fear not, I am with you. You say, nothing shall separate us. You say, something of new heaven and new earth. You say, you are mine, I have called you by name. You say, my faithfulness will show concretely and will abide. And we find our privilege eroded by your purpose, our competence shaken by your future, our entitlement unsettled by your other children. Give us grace, O oh God, to hear your promises. Give us freedom to trust your promises. Give us patience to wait and humility to yield our dreamed future to your large purpose. We pray in the name of Jesus, who is your deep yes over our lives. Amen.
3: Amen.
1: Thank
0: you all so much for being with us today.
3: Yes, Thank you.